0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to season two of Convert Central. In season one, we've had the privilege of interviewing fifteen converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim, regardless of our background, our interests, and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys. And meanwhile, enjoy listening to season two of Convert Central.
1: Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to Women in Islam. This will be our second part to our two-part series of Women in Islam where we talk about general experiences of being Muslim women with Sis Kaylee and Sis Eraser. So if you haven't heard part one, you can do- go do that. But this will be a part two starting now. Um, I think we can get into the next segment of our episode, which is, how, have you ever been questioned on your beliefs? Like, have, facing the assumptions like, and like, dealing with misconceptions that people might have had because they assume that Uh, religion is kind of the same as the culture so they think like oh you have to give uh, so much dowry or something like those kind of misconceptions that you might have had to face Uh, how have you felt when you receive such misconceptions from the people around you or how you've had to deal with them okay so uh, I come from an Indian Muslim uh, background so uh, my grandparents were from India so I think some of the cultural aspects are still quite ingrained into the family so we've uh, gone from a lot more classes and we found out that a lot of the things that we've used to refuse to do it's got nothing to do with religion actually it's mostly about um, culture which kind of like well, I guess over the years and plus living in back in India they just kind of got mixed up and people just assumed that it's a part of the religion so they have to get a lot of dowry and then uh, a lot of the a lot of the decisions made has got it's got nothing to do with the bride. It has to do with like either the bride's father or the the in laws side. So basically, the woman has no agency in whatever she's doing most of the time. So after learning more about Islam, I realized that none of this makes any sense, <laughs> and that most of these were just things that kind of came out from being an Indian Muslim. In now now, whenever I'm trying to trying to bring up. Like this is not the right way. It's very hard to get get out of this because it's so ingrained into culture, and it's also very hard for you to separate yourself from culture because that's kind of how you've been brought up, right? So we've been having to renegotiate some of our uh, practices and deal with dealing with these kind of practices by like um, having those cultural practices that are still uh, halal. Like you can still keep them. Like maybe. Like wearing the traditional attire, as long as it's covering everything, stuff like that that don't um that don't contravene the rules of Islam, but it's still cultural. You can still keep those, but then those things that are blatantly like not religious at all, you just have to leave those. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've had to deal with. So maybe you guys can talk about what you've had to deal with too. A uh,
0: culture, cultural wise, I. Don't think there was much conflict because you know I wasn't born Muslim, so um, but yeah, I do realize that a lot of the Malay Muslims here they they kind of do have that culture and religion intertwined. <laughs> so, uh, alhamdulillah, like you know, as you learn more about the religion, you know, what is actually the difference between culture and religion you know that and I realized that um, a lot of Malay I think I'm not sure whether, but this comes from the elderly mostly like the superstitions <laughs> like, you know if you don't wet your dish after you finish eating then uh, you know you don't get any baraka or risk, risk in that or um, or when you're eating you do you better not change your you know the place where you're sitting Otherwise, you won't get a good husband or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But coming from um, the Chinese culture-wise, uh, I do still celebrate Chinese New Year. You know, it's just that when I go for visiting, <laughs> I have relatives who get a bit awkward around me, I feel like. Um, so they'll they, they kind of be like, do I still speak to you in Chinese, in Mandarin? <laughs> Or like, you know, like maybe I should speak to her in Malay now. <laughs> no, especially um, with the older generations, <laughs> Because I'm wearing the hijab. So they kind of feel like, oh, maybe she's more Malay now. Now that she's converted. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like not only you've converted into a religion, you've converted into a new culture. <laughs> <Definitely>
0: <laughs> Apparently.
1: New. Okay, how about Sister Kaylee?
2: Um, Well, I think we have the advantage of not having any cultural uh, baggage going into our religion. So for us, I think the religion is quite pure. It's, it's unchanged. It's, there's, there are no cultural, yeah, things that, that, that intervene with anything. So like you said that you have, I mean, I can definitely understand with the the whole marriage thing, how as an Indian woman, it, it might be very, very hard to try and get that cultural thing out. But I think, yeah, no, I think uh, for us that that is maybe an advantage. I mean, I, I think that's, that's actually a huge advantage that we have that we come without any cultural baggage. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, <laughs> being Dutch, we don't, we don't really have that much culture anyway. <laughs> it's 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 very much um we actually because it's quite multicultural we we adopt a lot of different culture yeah cultures and and I don't think a lot of people even realize that we do that but um I mean as far as my religious things go there's no culture in it. And I can also quite easily spot when something is culture or when something is uh, religion. But then again, it's I know that it, I mean, my husband, he is um, he's born and raised in the Netherlands, but his family's from Morocco. So, of course, obviously, they also have a lot of culture that's ingrained into their daily life. And there are some things that um, might actually contradict Islamic um uh, rules and, and traditions and it's hard to to try and get that out because people are because it's so intertwined that people don't realize that it's and they want to keep on keep to their traditions so i think it's 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 a hard thing to lose but i think that maybe in a few decades or generations people will realize and will kind of let some of the things go i mean the things that don't contradict islam definitely we should keep them and preserve them. But I think that the things that do contradict it, like superstitions and um, yeah, we should definitely get rid of those.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, like what you mentioned, I think it's it's great that you guys kind of joined this into a, like a blank slate where you could just right. start off new, right? <laughs> Compared to having, being born in something that is already so like deep islam isn't as traditional as how a lot of people think they think it is, because it's actually really progressive and it's really it good, yeah. right? Compared to cultural practices that were right. maintained from like thousands of years ago, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, on that note, have you guys have, have you guys been questioned like uh, on your choice of wearing a hijab, for example, like or why you even chose to convert and how have you had to answer those questions? Like, have you had difficulties in answering them? Or have you found your perfect set of answers that you could give mm. to anyone asking?
2: I think the, the, the funniest thing about it is that, especially when I go to a Muslim country, where I'm around, it's, it's the Muslim, like the, the born Muslims that'll ask me, they look at me and they say, are you a Muslim? And I think that's super funny because I wear, I wear hijab. Like, do, do you think I wear this as a fashion statement? <laughs> Like, I'm in Singapore. It's super hot here. It's humid. No, I wear this because it's, you know, I, 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 I like a challenge. <laughs> but, but um, no, I mean, I, I don't mind being asked. I mean, if if it's like a genuine question, a genuine, uh, in, if it comes from a genuine interest, I have no, I mean, I, I will even take my time for it and like properly answer for them. But, then I, uh, it, it, and it really depends on who it is. If it's someone that I don't know, um, and it's 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 asked in, in a really um, derogatory way, or um, then I, I, I try not to engage. But otherwise, I, I I just take my time and I will I will give a proper answer. And hmm. I usually it's a very I think it's a very personal answer because I think that a lot of women. I mean, of course we all wear it because we know that it's a that it's a requirement for us as Muslims. But I think we all have our own little thing. And like like I like I said before, for me it's very much an identity. It's it's for me to show I mean I, I'm a woman but I'm a Muslim. I, I I like to wear it and I like I like to show that I am a Muslim woman and, I, and that's I think that's one of the main reasons that it was actually implemented in that time so that other 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 people know that you're a Muslim woman
1: yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah that that's a very good way to put it like you just you just have to give your own personal take on why you chose to wear it because a lot of people just don't see that uh, the choice to wear hijab or the choice to convert into Islam it's not like a widespread, like monolithic choice, right? Everyone has right. their own reasons for doing such things. Yes. And, yeah. and I also,
2: I feel sometimes people will ask you like, but why do you wear hijab? Because I know them and them and them and them and them, they are Muslim, but they don't wear it. And that's why I always make it personal because I feel that, I mean, there's, like um, uh, right? It, there's no force in religion. So yes there's a it's stated that Muslim women should wear a hijab but still it's your choice if you comply to that rule or not and then then you have your own reasoning for wearing it or not wearing it so I always try and make sure that I don't say um I don't make it a very like black and white thing because I don't want to um how do you say that disrespect another woman for not wearing it she might be a much better Muslim than I am we don't know, only Allah knows, right? So that's, that's why I make it, a, make, make it a little bit more personal.
1: Yeah, like that's one of the key takeaways is that she just let Muslim women speak for themselves. Right, I mean, exactly. When it comes down to it all, right? What's the point of putting a label on all of us when we all have different experiences, right? Exactly. Okay, Sister so risa did you have to face anything similarly?
0: Yeah, it was similar. Cause uh, even my my own mom, <laughs> she asked me, you know, why did you why did you need to wear a hijab? Like, you know, I don't see my other Malay friends wearing it. You know, their daughters do not wear it. So why do you have right. it? You know, like they assume that um, okay, hijab is only worn when you're old. You only wear it. you only,
2: only wear it when you're married.
0: Yeah, or you're <laughs> I, I, I you're hear married. that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so, that was that was quite you know, like it was difficult trying to explain to her why <laughs> I told her it's it's yeah like you said it's a personal choice you know and it's an obligation but it's up to you whether you want to comply or not you know when they realize that I'm Chinese they 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 realize like oh, okay you're Chinese so why are you dressed like that why do you have to wrap your head <laughs> you know and yeah sometimes it gets uncomfortable you know um a little bit but I'll try to I'll try my best to explain to them yeah, and you know sometimes um when they when they see me with my mom they they might think like oh uh, you know so this lady is Chinese and so that one that, that lady in the hijab that must be her her maid or her helper. <laughs> oh my it's also by association you know like oh like it could be the other way around where because I'm right yeah my mom is Chinese oh okay so this lady must be. Malay too, so they start speaking to my mom in, in Malay. You know, mm. it really frustrates her.
2: I can what? imagine. Well, they can you imagine me with my mom? Because <laughs> <laughs> my my mom obviously she's just a uh, yeah she's just a regular white woman, <laughs> and then when she walks beside me, it's people always. Yeah, they, they, they like to watch and they like, what's going on there? How how, how how can this be? And then I always, I, I, I like to, uh, we like to make fun of it because in the beginning, it really bothers you a lot, but we just have fun with it. So she'll go on one side of the, of a shop, for instance, and I go to the other side. And then from that side, I'll yell, mom. And you see people looking and they're just like, what is going on? Or we'll stand in somewhere and she'll and i'll say come on woman can you move a little bit faster you'll see people watching what is going on they're going to fight and then and (laughs) i just i mean if you don't laugh about it you cry about it or you get angry about it so there's no point we should we should just try and
0: make fun of it Mm -hmm. try and have fun (laughs) when we go to restaurants or, or such like they would think like we are from two different groups like, oh, oh yes. Are uh, you not related, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. so you want to go, you know. Are you are you guys together? That's what we always get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. It's hard. <laughs> but I guess you get you kind of get used to it along the way, right? Yeah. After yeah. A few years. Yeah. Actually uh when I got into like feminism on a surface level, when you kind of hear things like uh, men and women are equal And like mm. you, they should, you should do this And you should do that And like w- uh, women should be sexually liberated And stuff like that And I used to be like offended When I learned such things Because I'm just like Now what am I doing Like like I know that certain things That they are telling me Is wrong in Islam So how am I going to negotiate These identities right Like I want to be a feminist But I'm also a Muslim woman When I used to think that those two were Were mutually exclusive Right Yeah They were separate But you know I realised that (laughs) It's one and the same (laughs) Yeah Muslim women
2: are the biggest Feminists I mean Right Right. Yeah
1: Yeah so That took me a while Cause like You know when you first Learn about feminism You swear they're just like A a liberated woman Should be like this And they And and she's just like Wearing Like whatever Like (laughs) she could be She could be just like taking off a scarf and she's a liberated Muslim woman and I'm just like oh yeah nah, that that's is like not that's it. like my biggest
2: pet peeve pet, whoop, sorry pet peeve it's like only a woman that rips off her hijab and throws it on the floor and is like yeah I'm liberated but when when a woman decides to 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 actually wear hijab to cover up and you know and that's her own decision that's not accepted like okay. And I, I was think that feminism is about not putting women in a box and not, not putting us higher or lower than men and like um, trying to make us equal to men. And yes, we are equal, equal in the way that we are just as important as men or we have like the same, I mean, we're made from the same thing, right? And we're made by the same, by the same God, but we're definitely not the same, which is a good thing. Why would we want to be the same as
1: a man? Yeah, you know, I don't the, want to be a man. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I mean, the most important thing is just that we are viewed the same in, like, by Allah. You know, like exactly. that's the whole basis, right? Is that we are viewed equally, men and women, or like whoever, as long as you're Muslim, you're viewed the same in Allah's eyes. And like, I don't know why uh, I was so fixated on trying to fit my Muslim self into this uh, kind of s- Tight feminist structure, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't really make any sense. Like I started a question, like why I was wearing hijab, and then I used to think about the reasons why I would do it and try to fit it into this feminist perspective. Like I'm doing this because blah blah blah. I'm doing this because blah blah blah. Then I talked about it to my mom, and she was just like, the only reason why you should be doing it is for Allah. Like that's that's enough. That's yes. a reason. You don't have to keep coming up <clears> with justifications to make other people feel better about your choice. I was right. like you know what that's true
2: basically if you think about it there's nothing more feminist than a woman taking charge of her own life and deciding to for instance to cover up to wear her hijab it's and it's if it, for her it's empowering she's happy with the decision why should that not be feminist why is that un unfeminist or
1: yeah like i mean we keep coming back to this topic, right? But like, especially the with the hijab, like mm-hmm. that's the thing that a lot of people have qualms about. Like, I, even I've oh, had, yeah. I've been asked like, uh, "Why do men not have to wear it? And why do only women have to wear it?" And I used to try to defend Islam so much by like trying to come out with reasons, but it <laughs> doesn't need to be anything. Like, you we're just doing it because like we should in Islam, we should follow what Allah says and what Allah asks us to do. And as Muslims, we want to always strive to be the best Muslims we can be. And that's why yeah. I wanted to do this. And like, as long as I'm wanting to do it myself and I'm not being forced into it, what's the problem? Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Sis Arisa, did you go through such similar things?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I usually am quite a feminist. Like, most of my friends would, you know, actually label me as a feminist. But they didn't realise, like, when I did a lot of research, like, I realised that, like you said, you know, how Islam actually gave so much rights to women. And that was like the most empowering thing, you know, we like, we don't have to give the power over to others, you know, to judge and look at what should be protected. Like, back to the example of hijab, you know, because hijab gives us a sense of empowerment. You're, I mean, like what could be more empowering than not being a slave, you know, to fashion, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and that, and as well as the rights, you know, that Islam actually gave to women like way, way back, but so much of that has been taken away by culture and and things that people do not really understand of the religion, you know, and they use culture to cover up for that lack of, you know, education, I guess, in yeah. Islam. You know, woman, like woman, uh, my mother's, you know, the, the, the feet of heaven lies at your mother's feet. That's, that's yeah. how much rights, you know, Islam has given us. Like, there is so much that Islam has given us to empower us as women. And we might not be the same as men. Yeah, we don't. But, you know, Islam has given us such a high status. Exactly. I mean, e- even
2: if you think about it, like a lot of people say, well, in Islam, uh, the men have it much easier than the, than the women. But if you think about it, may, maybe in the dunya, maybe, but if you think about it, on a day of judgment, what will they be questioned about? How did you treat your mother? How did you treat your sisters? How did you treat your daughters? How did you treat your wife? How did you treat, you know, all the women in your life, basically, how did you treat them? Plus, how did you provide for them? All those things and I think that's a lot of responsibility I would not want to carry that with me in the grave
1: really yeah we've, all, we've we all have like our own sets of responsibilities that we've had we have to deal with and like when it comes down to it I mean in Islam we know that Allah knows what's best for us right and like whatever he wants us to do we we should do it because we know that it's that's what is best for us like even if we right. don't see it now when we look at when we compare ourselves to our lifestyles, of, the lifestyles of like people elsewhere, maybe we seem like we are having it harder, but we, in the grand scheme of things, this is actually, is what's yeah. better for us, right? We don't have yeah. to worry
0: about finances. <laughs> it's the man, you know. Yeah. They have to be the one to worry about your nafka, about providing for you. They have all these responsibilities. And, yes. Yeah, I really and they
2: will be questioned about it on the day of judgment. For us, it'll just be How we, if Allah is happy with us, and if we kept up with our personal responsibilities towards Allah, uh, with our responsibilities towards our husband, and towards the house, and towards our children. That's not a lot, if if you think about it, compared to all of the things that our husbands, that all the men in, in the world have to deal with.
1: Like, we don't even have to try to fit it into feminism anymore. Like, if you want to take no. feminism by its basis, it's giving women the agency and, like, allowing them to do what they want. And that's what we're doing. So, right. like no need, no need more to delve into this and, like, question us on no. feminism. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: Okay, so I think we, we've covered quite a lot of ground today. And do you have any other like comments that you want to touch on or any other things like advice you would like to give to convert women, especially who are, who might be going through like struggles in either dealing with their parents or like social circles. Do you have any like pieces of advice that you like to give? Mm, I
2: mean, when it comes to family, especially your parents, um, I always feel that once you start your journey into Islam, I mean, even from the very beginning, from the moment that you, for whatever reason, get interested in Islam, try and involve your parents. I mean, at least your parents or at least one of your parents that you feel comfortable with. Just let them know what you are doing. Um, Like if you are going to the mosque for a lecture or if you bought a book, show them and talk to them about it tell them what's inside, tell them what's inspiring you, tell, because if you don't, the thing is, like, even for me, I, I mean, my, my, my mom never had any trouble with, with me converting to Islam, because I involved her every step of the way, so she knew exactly what I was doing, what I was learning, why I wanted to do this, and she saw the transformation slowly, but what a lot of Uh, converts do, because they're scared that their parents uh, will not, you know, will not be happy about it, is they hide it from them. And then, like, maybe they have been in this journey for a year, maybe even longer. And then once they decide to actually, to actually uh, do the Shahada and live as a Muslim, then they will tell their parents. And then of course it comes as a shock to them because they have no idea. And they will be more reluctant to actually, um, how do you say that? Accept and, 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 try, and um, try and help you in that actually. Because So that's definitely one thing that I, I think is very important is try not to hide anything, but be very open about it. And especially like with mothers, let them know how highly regarded they are in Islam, like what their status is. And, that, and because parents are mostly afraid that they will lose their, their children, that they will lose um, the, the person that they, you know, that they raised. And they should know that they won't lose them. They will only gain more because you will only be, there's, there's, not a non, there's no non-Muslim that became a Muslim and became a worse person that's not possible so and your parents should know that and then once your parents are accepting the rest of the family will follow and I think with friends if they don't accept it then you're better off without them anyway
1: thank you so much yeah I think you're right like you should introduce introduce them to Islam take your time through it start slow step by step but let them also witness your growth and character development along the way so they they know that this change is a good change, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, Sisarisa, do you have any advice?
0: Yeah, I think with my, my mother, it was really, really different. You know, she did try, I mean, I did show her like slowly that, okay, I'm reading the Quran, I'm learning about this, I'm fasting, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to pray, but... Yeah, not many might be as fortunate to have such understanding parents. Um, my mother took it really quite badly at the, at the mm-hmm. start. Yeah, she, I mean, like like what Sis Kelly said, parents feel that they are afraid that they might be losing the, 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 the child, you know, their the children, the person that they had brought up. So I did try to, um, you know, assure her that, hey, I'm still the same person this is still me, I'm not going anywhere, you know, right. I'm not being brainwashed. <laughs> exactly. Know? I'm not joining ISIS. Like she said, <laughs> she thought I were, she thought yeah. like, are you, are you like becoming a terrorist? You know, she actually right. asked me that. So I had to, there's a lot of assurance you have to give. Yes. Your, your, your convert and, you know, trying, challenge, like this challenge uh, your parents, then yeah try to assure them that you're you're still going to be there for them and also you know just let them know through your actions and your behavior that you know islam actually teaches you to be a good son or a good daughter right let them know how like the status of your parents and yeah, I mean, inshallah, through your behavior, which is also a form of da'wah, a very strong form of da'wah, you know, let them know that this is what the religion really is and not from, you know, what the, the media portrays it to be, not from what other people portrays it to be, but the true pure form of Islam, like let it show through your actions and the way that you, you speak to them, you know, and inshallah, like, you know, they will accept that, you know, slowly not, not may, maybe not immediately, but yeah. uh, like slowly, gradually, they will inshallah come to accept your decision.
1: Thank you. Yeah, uh, it will definitely take, take its time in the this entire process. It's like a lifelong process, right, of coming to embrace it and like embracing your, like, especially your daughter's uh, conversion. Mm-hmm. It comes with a whole lot of other struggles that we've also discussed today. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, sis Arisa and sis Kaylee. It was very nice to hear your experiences, especially since you all both come from very different backgrounds. All three of us come from quite different backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting to hear about how we've had to deal with being Muslim women today, especially, it's, it's, it might seem difficult, but you know, we all know that in Islam, we know that what Allah wants us to do is the best for us. And whether, whether we're going through tests and trials it's all part and parcel of being a Muslim and it will only make us stronger Muslims and getting through these struggles uh is a test of our belief and our faith and you know once we get through this we will become stronger inshallah yes, yeah okay so uh, I just want to have some brief takeaways from what we've gone through so far so I think a huge part of what we've Talked about is about giving women, Muslim women, the agency to talk about their own experiences. Because even from the three of us, we've had drastically different experiences in what we've had to deal with in our Islamic journey. And all of this shows that being a Muslim woman is not a monolith, right? We all go through very, very different things. So just as you would not paint Muslim men or any other religions in that way, Muslim women are not a monolith. Whether we want to choose to join Islam, or we want to choose to wear the hijab. It's our own personal choice. Uh, whatever we go through is for the sake of Allah, and we don't have to come up with justifications to appease you if, if you have qualms with the things that we do. We're doing this for the sake of Allah, and that's the only thing that matters. And all of our struggles are for Him only. So when it comes to dealing with how you might perceive yourself in regards to modern-day feminism and like modern day identities of being a woman, like whether you should be dressed like this or not, that doesn't even matter because the only thing that matters is your own place in Islam and how you would be bettering yourself as a Muslim woman under the under the eyes of Allah, yeah. And also the cultural experiences, right? When you come to deal with culture and you realize that some things that just don't sit right with you, it's very important for you to consult asatizas or religious authorities, or read the Quran and the Hadith and realize, find out for yourself what is right and what is wrong in your own culture, cultural experiences. And you try to figure out which ones you can keep and which ones you should leave. Yeah. Okay. So I think those are some of the main points that we've gone through today. Thank you so much, Sister Kaylee and Sister Arisa for coming again. I hope you've enjoyed this session of talking about being a Muslim woman. So we've come to the end of our Women in Islam series. I hope that everyone who's listening has gained a better understanding of what it's like to be a Muslim woman from four different women's perspectives. These are all our individual experiences and what we've said comes from our individual experiences so we definitely do not represent the entire muslim women population if any of you have any questions we want to talk about more experiences with any of the guests featured in the episodes feel free to dm us on our convert central account Uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again i hope you've enjoyed this and see you in the next few episodes by brother Kevin. thank you assalamualaikum